0: Hey, this is Andrew Thien, podcast editor for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. I'm filling in for Aaron Fentress today. Here's my discussion with Mike Acker, a freelance contributor for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Mike Acker, thanks for coming on the show
1: yeah hey great to be here
0: so mike is uh, a freelance contributor for the oregonian and oregon live for years and is the brother of our very own lizzie acker for those who don't know but probably seen his byline online and in the paper um and a big blazer fan like myself thanks for taking time out of your busy day to to talk
1: yeah man it's my pleasure i love talking basketball
0: you've sat on press row and you've gone to lots of games through the years and um you know we're not unaccustomed to slow starts in Rip City in the Damian Lillard Terry Stotts era but this is you know a new era with Chauncey Billups and a lot of uh angst this summer Mm -hmm. how's it feel eight and eight um so far this year
1: well god it's uh, you know I think from a fan's perspective it's been a roller coaster man I mean I would say that like that last game against the bulls is such a good example of what the experience has been like for me as a fan, just the whole season, you know, like that first half, you know, you're ready to pack it in and, you know, try to find something else to do with your evenings. And then suddenly, you know, you see some, I think it was Danny Morang. I think I saw him tweet something about Nurk had a big dunk to start the third quarter. And I was like, well, I guess I got to turn the game on now. You know, and, and so, but then sitting there watching that second half, it was great. You know, it was one of those experiences of, you know, there's a few times every season where you get a great game and then you spend two hours after the game on Twitter, watching the highlights. And, you know, that was the first time this season that that's happened. So I, I, you know, I don't know, man, it's like, it's been tough. I would say to start the season and coming off of a basically winless road trip, that's tough, but when they have those comebacks and you hear the the Moda Center just kind of going crazy, and Nurk had a great fourth quarter, just everything kind of seemed to 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 line up in that Chicago game. And and as like a, I would say that like I'm a serial optimist here, you know, like I I love when the Blazers are winning, and if they're winning, then I'm like all the problems go <laughs> go away. So, but yeah, man, I would say that this has been one of the more difficult starts of the season. Just generally, but that home record, man, I like to me, that's the thing in my head. I'm like, that's the thing we're looking at right now. Like if they can sort out the road stuff, it could be great. I yeah. mean, there's a couple of road games that they dropped to like Cleveland. Charlotte's a tough team, but Indiana, I think they lost to Indiana. You know, you win a couple yeah. of those they games lost to
0: everyone, but you did. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. But you know, you can go down to Phoenix and you lose. That's okay. Right. The Clippers are a good team. You, you know, you don't like to lose by 30 to the clippers but you know it's it happens but you know you want to beat cleveland you want to beat indiana and you win a couple of those games and maybe you're looking at a little bit of a different start but yeah so i would say i yeah. don't know man it's been a roller coaster
0: <laughs> yeah when when you're um, when you look at a team that has dame and cj neither one has really gotten cooking um, at the same time particularly in your 8 and 8 i feel like that's uh that's not something to be you know, that, that can go either, either of two ways. You can be like, Oh man, when are they going to get going or think, Hey, they're not even playing that well. They haven't played well at the same time. And yet um, they're eight and eight.
1: Yeah. And I think that was, you know, against Chicago, like CJ had a terrible game and, you know, it's in a lot of ways, it's that, like I'm saying, it feeds into that optimism, you know, he, he, you know, he's not going to stop shooting the ball and he had a big three to close out in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, which is, you know, you love to see a guy like CJ, you know, hit those big shots, even when he's struggling, but to, to be as, to play as poorly as he played and still pull out a win against a team that, you know, they were missing a, you know, Vucevic, right. Or is that his name? Yeah. yeah. And, they,
0: and Patrick Williams, uh, yeah. the, the second year guy. Right.
1: Yeah. So they were missing a few guys, but that's still pretty, that's a strong bulls team. And, you know, Lonzo ball, I had some great, he played great in the fourth quarter. I know Levine missed a bunch of shots down the stretch, but still, you know, that was not an easy game and to see CJ struggle, but then still hit some big shots and they still win. I agree with that. You know, you watch these guys and they're like, Oh, they're struggling and they're losing. That can be tough, but you never know. I don't, I wouldn't write off CJ McCollum. You know, he's, he's going to shoot the ball. He's going to score. So.
0: Yeah. And he's actually, you know, if you, if you watch the games closely, you know um, he's, He's playing better defense than people give him, give him give him credit for historically. I think he's he's uh, been active, especially when it matters in the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, getting deflections, getting some rips. Yeah, um, big blocks had too. A huge block <laughs> yeah. the other night. Yeah. yeah, he's had a couple of big um,
1: blocks, which is great. You know, he's a uh,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. What uh, you know, we we as Blazer fans have always um put so much stock in bench guys mm-hmm. and young guys who, who never <laughs> materialize or, or rarely materialize. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering how you're feeling because we've got two guys in particular, well, three if you count Ant, yeah, um, and Larry Nance Jr. and Nasir Little and uh, Anthony Simons. Um, There's a lot of uh, oomph coming off the bench at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. I think the Larry Nance situation has been – you know, it seems like it was reminding me when they're doing hearing that Larry chant. You know, like it reminds me of those Marcus <laughs> Camby years. You exactly. know, <laughs> when when everybody was like, you know, going crazy about Marcus Camby and and having a guy like that, like Larry Nance. You know, he's he provides a lot of energy and you know his his two games in a row. You know, against Toronto and then against against the Bulls, he really provided a big lift defensively and he's so bouncy around the rim you know you just we're just not i'm just not used to seeing guys finish lobs you know so i love that
0: ever ever <laughs> right since <laughs> andre miller was here right i mean <laughs> right. he was the only guy who yeah. could throw a lob yeah. pass
1: man i miss andre miller every day um <laughs> yeah god those lobs from from andre to or andre to lamarcus like those are those are great and having a guy like larry nance to finish around the rim just gets the crowd going you know it's great but you know, Nasir Little, you, you, I just love, I love that, man. I just, I love that, you know, he's been able to stay on the court, you know, that seems huge for him. And he's like, he's tons of energy, but he's also provides a lot of offense. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I, you you know, I'm not the expert on Nasir Little coming out of college. I I didn't know that much about him. I'm not a big UNC guy, like, you know, like Mike Richmond or anything like that, but Yep. Yeah. Um, he, the shooting, you know, to me, I, I didn't, I didn't know that he was going to be a reliable three-point shooter and, you know, he's got the athleticism. He's a great finisher. He's a great defender like that, the, that stop he had against DeMar DeRozan to kind of close out that Chicago game. You know, he's moving his feet. He's got his hands up, playing great defense without fouling. All that stuff is awesome. But then you throw in the fact that like, you know, when he drifts over to the corner, you catch and shoot threes, shooting threes off the bounce man, you know, that's amazing to see. Yeah. And just having another guy in the rotation who can score. Because, you know, some sometimes CJ's not going to score 20. Norm might not score 20. You know, you got to have another reliable scorer. And same thing with Anthony. You know, every season he's just, he improves and he improves and you know, he has his ups and downs too as a young guy. But I love seeing his catch and shoot offense off the balance too. And He had some great finishes, and you know, I feel like everybody, everything kind of clicked in that Chicago game, and everybody, everybody provided something. He was finishing in the lane, you know, love it. (laughs) The
0: the thing that I really enjoyed about um, about that game and watching this year, little you mentioned the the stop on uh, DeRozan, but he also. couldn't get around the pick and, and left uh, left Levine wide open yeah. um, on, on a three that would have tied the yeah. game. But it's pretty rare in Blazer Gland to have a young player who isn't a, a Dame or a CJ, just in our experience in the mm-hmm. last decade, have the bandwidth and have the leash to make mistakes yeah. when it matters. That's not something that we're accustomed to. Right. And um, obviously everything he's said so far as a coach, Chauncey Phillips has kind of made it clear that Nasir Little is – for lack of a better word, maybe the change agent on this team. Yeah. And he, he kind of saw that from the get go, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the energy, what I love about Nas is that, you know, he's going to come out, he's going to play hard, you know, he's going to come out. He's just going to be energy off the bench, whether it's scoring defense, whatever, but it's just energy. And it has seemed a little bit. And I've heard some of this stuff coming out of, you know, Chauncey Chauncey's post games and stuff that the energy is lacking a little bit. And at times it seems like, and um, you know, I understand that the road games are a different thing. You're back in arenas with with visiting fans, and, and things are kind mm-hmm. of changed a little bit this year over last year. But there does seem to have been on some of these road games where it's like they're not really super engaged from the get-go. And, and that would seem like possibly the situation in the first half against Chicago. And then when you have a guy like Nasir who can just – he's going to come in and he's going to provide – just energy, even if he's not making shots, you know, he's going to be out there flying all over the place, getting offensive rebounds. And yeah, I just, I, the Blazers haven't really had a guy like that. Um, you know, I thought, you know, yeah. Derek Jones Jr. Last season, he kind of was supposed mm-hmm. to do some of that stuff, but he sort of dropped out of the rotation. And, and, you know, I think Nas, yeah, to me through the first 16 games here, watching this year, that's been the one where like, okay, this is what's really different from this team. At the end of last season,
0: yeah, he he's been the different, the difference maker for sure. I, I'm um, you know, I talked about this with Aaron Fentress a few times on on the pod where it's like you're expected to see more of Nurk in a playmaking role. He um he was excited about that and pretty vocally so. And I know it's only 16 games in, but he it doesn't seem like he's he's having more of a playmaking role. It seems like if anything, it's slightly less. Um, and I'm wondering how you feel watching that do you want more nurk yeah um, you know at the elbow or just getting the ball and and having it run through him or i don't uh, know is it the one clippers (laughs) game where it's like 30 plus turnovers and he accounted for a lot of them yeah maybe we're we're switching up i'm just wondering what what you make of it
1: yeah i don't know i mean nurk to me is he's can be a little bit of a head scratcher at times you know i think that when he's on and he's engaged he is good. He's great. You know, he's a big body. He, he's got great vision with his back to the hoop. He's a great passer, great distributor, but sometimes it seems like he just disappears and you know, that's not awesome. <laughs> and, and I think everybody says it too. You see it all the time on Twitter when, you know, he won't, he doesn't finish with a dunk, you know, he'll, he'll do a Euro step and a finger roll and miss. <laughs> and that's kind of not what you want to see from your, your big seven footer, but you know, I, I like to give him the benefit of the doubt because you've, we've seen from him, you know, those, that five by five game a couple seasons ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he provides a lot. And I think, you know, if, if you can get like, if you can get Larry Nance and Nurk to kind of maximize at the same time. And like, I feel like I'm quoting myself here. Cause I said this on Twitter, right. You know, like if you can get the most out of both of them at the same time, That's a really good one, two punch. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it seems like with, if Larry's going and Nurk is starting to see some of his minutes slide, then maybe that'll motivate him to be out there on the court and be engaged. And, and that could be a huge, huge benefit to the, to the team, you know, just having, having him locked in and engaged and, and focused because it does seem like at times he gets a little bit distracted or, you know, and yeah, so I don't know. I, I love Nurk. I think he provides a lot, but consistency with Nurkic has seemed to been outside of like the injury situation. Right. Cause he, he has right, trouble right. staying healthy, but then if he's healthy and he's, and he's there, you know, right, he needs right. to really be locked in and, and, you know, just like everything, like we were saying at the, at the top, you know, everything this season has been a little bit up and down and, and Nurk is definitely right in there but i did love you know i did love that larry came in in the second half against chicago played great and and then Nurk came in and he played great too (laughs) and that's like that's what you want to see you know
0: i might have unrealistic expectations for him i don't know i feel like years ago there was a you know i was at a game where uh with a with a a friend of mine and i was just like ah Nurk's just not doing much and i looked up And he Mm -hmm. had something like 20, 20 and 14 or something like that. And it's like, why do I feel this way about the guy being transparent? I was ready for him to disappoint in that fourth quarter, but he came out and he played awesome. Those fourth quarter minutes against the Bulls. He had that one tap out to CJ for three um, that where he used every ounce of that frame. And that's the type of thing that it's frustrating i think for fans when you're like you're seven Mm -hmm. feet tall you are 300 pounds you are so strong can't you just move that dude out of the way and Mm -hmm. and he literally did that on that play Um, (laughs) right and it's a little thing
1: yeah yeah he had a great post up against uh derrick jones jr that he finished at the rim and then and then that play i don't know if it was a design play or it was a busted coverage by chicago but you know getting him a big dunk off and inbounds, you know, like those little things. I think when he can get those, those kind of things going, then that's when he gets kind of locked in. And, and, you know, when he's, when he's locked in, you know, he is great. And I got to say this too, from like a, just from a pure, as a person who never, you know, I've played a little (laughs) tiny bit of basketball for fun. I can't imagine how difficult it must be to come back from the injury that he sustained and just like, I get it. (laughs) I absolutely get it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people, every time he goes up, I'm like, Oh my God, like, I don't want you to break your leg again. And so I get it. I'm not trying to say that like, you know, he's mentally weak or anything like that, but you know, it's like you want, we, I agree with you too. Like we, we, the NERC fever, all that stuff. Like we have really high expectations for him. And you know, when he's on, he's on, I I just want to see a I would love me. I want to see like, yeah. what am I going to do about it? But I would, I would, I love it when he's rolling, when he, when he's consistently attacking and, and making big plays and the, they need him. The Blazers need him to do that, to, to be, to,
0: to compete, yeah. you know, going back to Larry Nance a little bit, cause you hit on like the big man rotation. That's we've never really had during this era to have two guys like that. Um, you know, Zach Collins, I'm a huge I'm a huge proponent of Zach Collins. I was always a fan of of him and what I thought he could bring to the to the team. Obviously, it didn't happen because of injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was going to be the potentially the small ball five. But he's seven feet tall. But Mm -hmm. Nance at small ball five at at whatever he is six seven six eight. Um, that is something Mm -hmm. that um really can change the flexibility of this team because. You look right now. I mean, the playoffs start today. Obviously, I hate that game, but you look at, and they would play yeah. with the Warriors. Um, and what do you need right. at any level to beat the Warriors? You need flexibility. You need options. Mm-hmm. Whether it's right. five, six years ago or it's now, and you know, knock on wood, if this team can stay healthy and they have those two guys, that's a that's a different look that um, a lot of teams won't be able to to provide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we got to go way back. You know, you think about like that big man rotation of like Joel Prisbilla, Marcus Canby, Lamarcus Aldridge. Like that's the kind of versatility. Even like you throw Greg Oden in the mix for the short amount of
0: time. But what might have been, (laughs) you know,
1: (laughs) yeah. But yeah, I mean, the front court situation has never been
0: great (laughs) for
1: Portland. And, you know, I think Zach, yeah, it's, it's too bad it didn't work out. Because you go back, you watch some of like the conference finals run, and he he played some. You know, he he put it some. He had yeah. some big minutes, and he did some great stuff. And and it's unfortunate, you know. And I hope hopefully he gets healthy. Hopefully he has a long career in the NBA because I think he's a great player. Um, but with Larry, yeah, it, it provides a lot of like you're saying, just flexibility, just the ability to kind of chase and and match up with teams that aren't going to play a traditional center. You know, I think watching golden, I watched a little bit of golden state the other night and they're flying all over the place and everybody, they, every guy they got on there is a, is an athlete and a shooter. And, you know, I wouldn't want to match up with golden state in the playoffs, you know, especially if Clay's coming back, but you know, you got to have a lot of versatility against anybody in the league. And I think, you know, looking at some of the teams that are, closer to the middle of the pack in the West, you know, they got, the Blazers got tuned up a little bit by, by Frank Kaminsky. So, you know, they need, they need to figure out the front court. I mean, that's going to (laughs) be, that's going to be pretty much the deal breaker, I think. And if, if it's, you know, if it's Larry Nance or Tony Snell, even anybody with a little bit of length. And, you know, I think, yeah, I, I like, I like what, what Larry brings and especially, defending wings, you know, the wing defense situation has has been like it's more of the small forward situation than the than the power forward center. You know, we when you give up guys like Mo Harkless or you know Alfru Kaminu, we just don't the Blazers just don't have anybody that that is a a straight up wing defender Well, Robert Covington has a (laughs)
0: multiple all defensive team guy, right? Or at least once, right.
1: He's one guy though. You know, you need, (laughs) you know, you need to do it by committee. So I think, yeah, you put like that small ball lineup with, with Larry at the five Roko at, at four and even like Nasir at three or Tony Snell, you know, you got, that's, that's some good length. You can chase your shooters around. You can get out and make those three pointers more difficult. You know, I I mean, you watch Steph, he had, what, he had 40 the other night, hit nine threes or something like that. Like you can't, you can't stop Steph Curry. But if you stop the other guys, maybe, maybe you got a shot.
0: Let's take a break. Then we'll come back and talk more with Mike Acker. Okay, Mike. So, what when you look at around the league right now, are there any teams beyond the one that we just talked about <laughs> down in the <laughs> Bay Area that that scare you as a Blazer fan?
1: Oh man, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, you know, Phoenix has won what, like ten games in a row, eleven games in a row, something Correct. like that. Yeah. Um, I watching the Blazers run Phoenix out of the gym in Portland was amazing. Like that was that was great. And that might've been a little bit of fool's gold early in the season. They might've been figuring it out. Who knows, whatever, I'll take it. You know, I'll take that kind of win against the Suns any day of the week, but that team is deadly. (laughs) You know, that's a, that's an incredible team. And, you know, they beat Portland very badly without John Drayton, which you don't ever want to see, you know, I, you know, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. So like, my dad went to the University of Wisconsin, and so I, you know, I, I, I can appreciate Frank Kaminsky, but you don't want to, you don't want to give up a career <laughs> high to, you know, that guy, and you know, you know, that's not a great look. So I think Phoenix is the top of the group. You know, that's the best team in the West for my money. Um, I can't, I can't say good things about Utah or Denver. I just it's against my moral code. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are two very good teams. You know, Jokic is, you know, whatever.
0: Well, they just lost <laughs> at home to a, a Joel Embiid-less 76 uh, Sixers squad. And they, so
1: lost, I, they lost badly.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I think the the Suns are it, the comp that the Blazers want to be, mm-hmm. right? And they brought that up during the offseason oh, yeah. multiple times. They said, if they can do this so quickly, um, why can't we? And... You know, I guess <laughs> I would I would say uh, Mikael Bridges and, uh, yeah. and a few other pieces. But I mean, it's a it's not a bad comparison, though, and, and one to strive for, because otherwise you you can't really add a Steph Curry or, you know, the greatest, mm-hmm. you know, those those players aren't coming. But can you make the right. tweaks around the edges? Can a uh, Nasir Little become that level of player? Perhaps. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible, but I think one of the things that you got to look at with the Suns is just like, you know, Deandre Ayton is, you know, he's great. He's a great player. And there's, I don't think the Blazers have a comparable player to him. If they could get a guy like that, you know, like a, was he he a number one overall pick or like number? Yeah. So number one overall pick, super athletic, super smart basketball player and big (laughs) and, you know, if they, if he was on the Blazers, they'd be the best team in the West. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think you got, yeah, that's the team to beat. Obviously they're the best. They won the West last season. The, you know, they're the team to beat in the West. So, you know, yeah, that's the one team that I think, I think Utah is going to make a big run. They've got a really deep team. Denver is always, always a problem for Portland. The Clippers I like the Clippers this season, actually. Um, I, you know, I'm a big Nick Batum guy. I love Nick Batum, and you know, and then the Warriors. I guess we got to talk about the Warriors. We can't say the Warriors aren't the best team in the West because they have the best record in the West. Um, you know, and Steph is always going to be, yeah, Steph. And you can't, you got to give a shout out to Gary Payton too. You know,
0: you do love that. It's guy. It's exciting <laughs> to see a guy. Uh, yeah, that's your that your your fellow beef, and to see him finally uh, well, get a chance. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I could go on the record and say like I'm from Corvallis but I didn't go to Oregon State. Disclaim it. So <laughs> but I do. I love Gary Payton too. I I love I it's great. You know, he he didn't he have a he was in camp with the Blazers. It would have been great to keep he him was, on the squad. Yeah. I think that's a that would have been a cool thing. But I get it, you know.
0: Well, if we want to play the if the playoffs started today a game, the Lakers would be in the playoff uh the play-in again. Uh so that mm-hmm. that's a game that I will happily play. At this point,
1: yeah, I mean, if the Lakers are bad, that's great. I, you know, that's almost as good as the Blazers being good, <laughs> for my money. But I don't know. Um, I, you know, to be honest, like at this this point in the season with the Blazers at eight and eight, I'm not really watching the standings all that much. So, you know, my hope is that, you know, you do look at the you look at the West, and there's a handful of teams at the bottom of the West that are just they're not trying to win games, and and I don't think you know, the play it's the, the, the floor for the Blazers is that play in area, you know? So they got to be looking at six, seven, hopefully stay out of the in like they did last season. Um, yeah, the, the West is deep, you know, there's lots of there's, but you know, I don't know, Dallas, I thought maybe at the beginning of the season that, that the Blazers would finish ahead of the Mavericks, maybe the Clippers, I haven't watched enough of either of those teams to really know like Luca is incredible. The Clippers have really put it on the Blazers a couple of times. Um, So I don't know, six, six, seven, you'd be happy with that. I would be happy with that. I mean, you want them to be higher than that, but I don't, I don't know if it's um, they got to sort some stuff out. They got to start winning road games or else, you know, it's going to be, a long season.
0: <laughs> so we've got looking ahead, we got the, the Sixers uh, uh, tomorrow night, um, Saturday night mm-hmm. and then Nuggets, Kings, Warriors, jazz. So um, it's going to be a, <laughs> a, a, after Thanksgiving holiday, um, I think in the, the weekend, um, we're going to know a lot mm-hmm. more about this team.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And you got to look at some of those games, you know, you got to beat the Kings. That's a game. You can't, you can't afford to lose and, you know, it's, it's early, but you got to start looking at these games and say like, these are the games you can't lose. And then hope that, you know, I mean, the Sixers, they're, they're kind of down a few guys. It seems like I don't, I haven't really checked the injury reports or whatever for, for them, but you know, that's a game you can hopefully, hopefully you can win that game. And Denver is always going to be a tough one, but you know, you look at those games, like the Kings, the Timberwolves. The Rockets, the Thunder, any of those. T- anytime you got a team coming into Portland, or if you're <laughs> even out on the road, you know you gotta you gotta take care of those games, and you know hope that against Utah. And, yeah, Utah's tough. Utah's gonna be tough for Portland. It has been tough. That's been a, they're they're a tough team. So.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. the road is uh, about to get a lot tougher. Um, Anything else that, that is uh kind of top of mind when you think of, you know, where we're at just eight and eight and, um, you know, not too far into the season. Oh,
1: no, you know, I think for me, what's been really enjoyable this this season is kind of like seeing the, like I haven't been out to a game yet. I'm hoping to get out at some point, but just like seeing everybody back at Moda and like the place kind of going crazy, that's like really cool. And you know, it's been a lot of ups and downs, man. I mean, it was a tough off season and it's been a tough couple of seasons yes. and, you know, uh, it's so hard to, I want to, I, you know, it's it's hard to be optimistic in a lot of ways because of the way the, the roster is right now. And it seems like it's super unbalanced and I don't want guys to get traded because, you know, like those guys are, we've been watching a lot of these guys I, who, it was the other night watching the game they were talking about how long dame and cj been together and it just kind of hit me like oh man these guys have been teammates for a long time and this this core has been together for a long time and that's cool it's great to see a core that's played together for such a long time and it would be a bummer to see anybody get shipped out but it does feel a little bit like if they want to really make a run that a roster change might might need to happen and so you kind of – that's sort of the thing that that I'm thinking about watching these games. Like what's the – you know, do we – does this team want to finish at 500 and eighth in the West and lose in the playing game? Or do they want to make a push and try to compete with some of those teams at the top of the group like Golden State or or Phoenix or, you know. So it's – yeah, like we said at the top of the show, like it's been a real – roller coaster (laughs) so far
0: yeah and uh you know maybe at this point you know in the season (laughs) you know obviously he can turn it on in a heartbeat but uh dame doesn't you know doesn't it's not clear at this point that he's going to be an all-star but we're only 16 games into the season but if he's not would that be the worst thing in the world if he got a little extra break um (laughs) i don't know i mean
1: i mean i think I don't, I'm not worried about Damian Lillard, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about, talk about inflated expectations, you know, like we expect him to go out and get 50 every night because he can. And, you know, he's, he's a little banged up. I think people, have, I think that's pretty evident. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, you know, he had an almost no off season and, um,
0: He's got twins and he's a, uh, and a kid he's who's got about twins. four he's, or three he's and a half.
1: Crossed, yeah. He crossed that threshold, right? He's thirty years old now or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he's give give him a break. And I he's gonna find it. I don't I do not for a second think that he's gonna you know, he didn't he's Damian Lillard, man. You know <laughs> he's gonna find it. He's gonna figure it out. And maybe if he doesn't get, you know, he always likes to do that kind of thing, you know, where he gets he gets snubbed for whatever. And at this point in his career, it's like, what is it going to be? Like, he's a gold medalist, you know, he's a six time all-star, you know, he's, you know, he's my three-year-old's favorite basketball player. (laughs) So, you know, it's like he needs, if he doesn't make the all-star game, that might actually be good. Right. Like you're saying, he gets a little extra break maybe, and then he gets motivated. You know, he gets that, that motivation that he seems to crave to get him, to push him over the edge. But, you know, I think you, he had huge threes against Chicago, like, you know, we're like, oh, Dame's, he, what happened to Dame? And he's scoring 20 points, you know, and he's not turning the ball over and he's, he's averaging his assists are, I mean, his passing is great. And, you know, he, he is too adjusting to some of the rule changes you can tell. Yes. And I I think that, I think that, you know, if you think, if you're a person who thinks, you know, he's, it's, he's fallen off a cliff or, you know, you're writing him off. I mean, that's, I wouldn't do that. <laughs>
0: it's been an interesting start to the year, as we said. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's fun to see, um, you know, despite all the turmoil of the off season, um, and the press conference and everything, it's just really interesting to see a, a new, uh, coach pull different levers and to see what kind of, what, ha- what happens? Because we haven't seen, like we've said, we haven't seen Yusuf Nurkic really have to fight for minutes um, if he's healthy. Um, we haven't seen a player like Robert Covington, who was brought in as the defensive stalwart, um, basically be called out publicly by the coach. Um, there's a lot of intrigue right now and it's mm-hmm. a team that's figuring it out but is still 500 um so we'll see what happens from here
1: yeah and i think you got to look at that home record and think that like this isn't a team that doesn't know how to win basketball games you know and um there've been times before like i was thinking about this um like 0809 when they won 54 games they couldn't win games on the road and you know it happens <laughs> it happens yeah you know so Hopefully they'll figure it out. I think that to me, that's the biggest thing, right? You know, you can't expect to win every single game at home. So you got to start winning games on the road. And, you know, one road win, 16 games into the season is just, it's not, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. You got to be better than that on the road.
0: Against a team that is uh, keeping John Wall on the bench so he won't gum up (laughs) their plan to to not win any games. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, the NBA is... uh, never-ending fun and intrigue and uh i'll see you on twitter and we can yeah. talk about it and thanks for take, taking time to talk about it on a friday well
1: i really appreciate i really appreciate you having me on the show man i, I hope it doesn't uh you know ruin your credibility
0: <laughs> well that's debatable to begin with so all right thanks mike all right man Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Blazer Focused. Please subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Aaron Fentress will be back soon. Thanks for listening.